morning, Finn. Hello again, Jane. Hello again, Finn. Here we are. We're going to be recording a special episode today in light of some documentation that's come out from Welsh Government this week. And I think we felt it was really important to record this special episode today. The Assessment Arrangements Subordinate Legislation Resultant of the Curriculum and Assessment Wales Act 2021 Consultation Document. That just trips just off the tongue nicely, does. doesn't it? Yeah. Basically, the consultation for everybody involved in education about the legislation that Welsh Government are going to put in place for assessment within curriculum from Wales. So we're not talking about external qualifications, we're talking about assessment as it happens in schools, in classrooms across the country. And it links quite nicely to the draft progression code consultation that came out in the summer in July as well. And And I've just got to say, we have spent the best part of this week when we haven't been working with schools yeah the rest of our time this week has been spent entirely for me it feels like going round and round in circles because we've had conversation after conversation mm. unpicking the documents talking to head teachers we've done a lot of talking to head teachers yes. senior leaders advisory board teachers and you know trying to channel our thoughts really into mm. what does this mean yes for schools yes what does this mean for curriculum for wales yes What does it mean for the children of Wales going forward? And this podcast comes with a health warning. (laughs) We've had our little conversation, as we normally do before this, and um, we've decided that we need to put a health warning on this because we are incredibly passionate about this. We feel very, very strongly about this. We want this to be seen as that we care, we really, really care about this. And we feel that everybody in Wales, not just those involved with education, should also Mm -hmm. care about this. So our rationale for doing this special episode is so that this becomes a topic of conversation, certainly within schools, between staff, possibly um, wider than that as well, but that people are talking about this because this is the eight weeks probably seven weeks now that we have available to actually say something about this to actually have a say to share with welsh government our thoughts and it's so so important that people have their say you may disagree with what we say in this podcast and that's absolutely fine but we just want you to start thinking and talking and and um, commenting on this it's been in that position isn't it that we're not six months down the line and this has become legislation no and then we begin to worry about it so I think it's beginning to unpick it all now and seeing what the implications possibly could be so we we quite often use what we call a a pre-mortem yes um with some of the pieces of work that we do with schools Mm. I think we've done a pre-mortem with some of our work as well on on this as well so it's thinking about if you know what could go wrong yeah or what are no, the implications? What has already gone, gone wrong? So you're looking uh, at things in the past tense. And please, 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 we cannot state this strongly enough. If you listen to this podcast and you have an opinion about what we've said, we don't, we don't care what that opinion is. We just want you to have an opinion and then let Welsh Government know your opinion. Make sure that you have your say, that you complete the consultation Um, and that you send it off before the closing date which is the 31st of October because Welsh Government need to hear your views on 
what will become an intrinsic part of school's everyday life. But it's about having that conversation with colleagues in school. Yeah. And it's not just with senior leaders in school. No. It's the whole school community really Absolutely. has to have that input into, into this because it, it, we feel it is so important mm. that we get this right. Because yeah. I know there are people losing you know, sleepless nights over assessment. Yes. yes. And, and having read this back to front multiple times, discussed it with multiple people, <laughs> putting some questions to Welsh Government as well, which you're waiting to hear back on. This, this, is, this has the potential, it really does, to make or break curriculum for Wales. So we need yeah. to get assessment right. We, we can't, you, you can't just, oh, well, I'll wait till it happens and then we'll just do it because it, that's too yeah. late. But it's also one of those things. I know when the draft progression code came out in the summer, I read it mm. and, okay, and then things happened summer happened mm, mm. and then going back to it again mm. and then in like with this new yeah. new consultation I've re reread things yeah and I thought oh is that what that means yes and I've yes. changed my so I think you do need to read it and go back to it yeah and, and pick it really carefully but what we've done to to make things a little bit easier to uh, to help you to get into the documents themselves um kind of a step-by-step -step process if we have created a paper that goes with this podcast that has the links to the two consultation documents, the progression code that's already finished and the um, assessment arrangements, which is still uh, open and available. And all of the kind of the, the salient points from the assessment uh, legislation um, consultation document uh, included in it. So that PDF is, is in the link to this podcast. Please download it, have a look at it. It is intended as a first stop it's it's a summary of our thoughts when we were going through it and the result of conversations with head teachers it is not intended as the last word it is very much intended to get you started on uh, what these documents yeah. mean and to help you to organize your thoughts as you go through the process because we all know we're, we're at the end of the first full week of schools here in wales mm. how busy the first couple of terms don't think your feet touch the ground really no. until you know we're talking about October yes you know to have a document like this yeah. at the start of term the first Monday it could be one of those things I'll leave that for a couple of weeks and I'll come back yeah. to it when I've yeah. got time yeah but I think it needs the time now and and also so we the, the podcast obviously you can listen at this to this podcast anytime between now and the 31st well so hopefully the 30th of August uh, sorry October and then you can um, fill in your consultations as a result of that but let's let's just give a little bit of context in terms of timeline for this the draft progression code, which obviously is very much linked with this uh, subsidiary, um, sorry, subordinate legislation for assessment, actually came out on July the 16th, the consultation document. Uh, sorry, the consultation finished on July the uh, 16th. The code actually came out on the 21st of May, and it's now the uh, 10th of September, and we're still awaiting uh, Welsh Government's response to that consultation or a summary of the consultation responses. So the uh, assessment arrangements document came out, it was issued on the 6th of September, which was this Monday. Mm -hmm. So the first full week back at school and responses are expected by the 31st of October 2021, um, when the, that consultation closes. It's interesting that both of these consultations are only eight week consultations rather than the 12 weeks rec recommended by Welsh Government's own guidance. But, you know, that it's obviously a standard way of doing things within the education world in Wales. 
But what's really interesting when you think about that timeline is that, let's say for the sake of argument, given that we're two months down the line from the progression code and we're still awaiting a response or a summary of consultation responses, and we yet have to, um, that progression code has to be put into legislation and voted on in the Senate and then um, you know, made law, we're probably looking at around about five months from close of consultation to legislation mm -hmm. becoming, I mean, you know, that, that is very much a guesstimate, but it's, it's not particularly unreasonable given that we are two months away and we still haven't reached that first response from Welsh Government. So if we do the same for the assessment legislation, five months from the end of October is the end of April. I've got that right. Good. Bit of math, Good. <laughs> I, I haven't even checked what you've just said, but I'm just nodding because <laughs> it's that time on a Friday. Hang on a minute now. November, yeah. December, January, yeah. February, March. Okay. It's yeah, actually yeah, the beginning of April. April. My apologies. But we also have, of course, the um, research project that was uh, instigated by Kirsty Williams in the previous Senate about accountability and the evidence, the range of evidence that schools might be uh, suggested to use as part of the accountability process. That's going to um, report to Welsh Government in May of 2022. So we have a potential situation where the progression code legislation the assessment legislation and accountability guidance will all come out in time for September 2022, but probably not that much before that. And if we have any further disruption because of COVID, goodness knows what that's going to do to the timeline. Absolutely. Well. So, yeah. you know, when we're thinking particularly about assessment and the draft progression code obviously uh, feeds into that, but also accountability because assessment. Um, is linked with accountability currently, and we don't know what that link is going to look like in future, that we need to have not just information going out, you know, the day before you implement a curriculum, you need that information in time to make preparations within your curriculum design yeah. for it to happen. So really, in an ideal world, and we fully recognise this is not an ideal world because of what's gone on in the last 18 months, but generally anyway, that um we should have had all of these documents all of this legislation a couple of years prior to implementation yeah. i mean and it's it's worth thinking as well about the these draft consultations how much different they potentially could look when it's gone through consultation if we go back to curriculum for wales how much different that was okay so historically <laughs> yeah oh the uh, consultations that we've had over the last six years just looking at that there have been small changes. Uh, there have been changes to things like um, whether something is a mandatory element of the curriculum or whether it appears on the face of the bill or whether it um, is just guidance. So there, there are changes to, and some of the wording as well, some of the statements of what matters have changed. But nothing significant. No. And I think that's, that's worth bearing in mind for, for Even when there are a number of responses all talking about the same thing and all suggesting change needs to happen yeah. even when that's the case um there there's very little there's very little change so we could we can totally understand teachers senior leaders head teachers people involved in education looking at a consultation thinking well what's the point because it doesn't and that actually was interesting because i searched online to find Welsh government's own 
consultation guidance. And that was actually mentioned in the consultation guidance saying that, that consultations are often seen from the outsiders as lip service yeah. and quite superficial. So here's the guidance to make them less superficial and, and to actually mean yeah. something. So let's make this one mean something. Absolutely. So teachers and senior leaders, we know, having spoken to a, a multitude over the last week, they aren't, we don't feel that there are uh, a significant proportion of, of you out there actually talking about this. Well, I, I think part of that is the time that senior leaders and teachers have mm. at the start of term, mm. as I mentioned earlier, it, mm. it, you know, it's, it's a, a crucial time of the year when you're focused on the pupils that you haven't really seen that yeah. much over the last 18 new months. staff new staff and everything that mm. you know the day-to-day -day running of a school yes and the day-to-day -day, um routines of a school yes are, are the ones that you focus Settling on in. so you know realistically why where that is but you know making sure that everyone involved in education is aware that these consultations and these documents exist and they've actually got the time yeah to unpick them yeah and I, I think our normal response to official documents is to you love an official document Finn, don't you you get quite excited <laughs> when an official document comes excited. out yes I do get it's quite sad really but I do get quite excited when they come out because our normal response is to read them pull them apart you know really try and get down to the nitty-gritty and then state the facts and maybe yeah. make a couple of um inferences from the facts but we we tend not to go any further than that but i think our intention today is to go further than that to talk about the the real potential there is for um things to happen as a result of these um this consultation uh, because we feel that this is just too important to fit in with the common narrative within wales which is don't speak out unless so that you yeah. don't get shot down but we're we're willing to stick our heads above the paraffin it is a bit of a risky thing for us but this is too important not to say something let's just have the conversation let's start the ball rolling with that yes conversation, yes and the you know we're we're doing this because we care deeply about what education looks like in wales the chances that the our children in wales have and what it means for their experience Mm -hmm. um what their life chances are when they leave education this is why we do what we do so this is why we're sticking our necks out and uh, sticking them above the parapet and all those you know very dangerous things right so if we, we care. if we actually dig down now into this mm. consultation the the newest assessor i can't even say it the new assessment subordination subordinate that's right subordinate legislation that's what it feels like yes. has 21 new ex, new expectations or duties for head teachers teachers and schools um and i think when we went through it we were we feel it's it is very prescriptive and it's i think it's one of the most prescriptive set, sets of legislation that we've read around curriculum for Wales teaching and learning um yeah certainly over the past five years I feel I'm just going to say that again but then this is probably the most prescriptive set of documentation we've seen yeah and the 21 new expectations they're not listed in the documentation in that format but we have put them in the pdf that is a link to this mm -hmm. uh, podcast have a look in the show notes um look before so 
prescription actually wasn't wasn't really what we were expecting was it no there were there were quite a few things that we read we said do they do they really mean this is that what this actually means and I think as we were both reading it and as we've discussed it with other people um it it very much feels like they are very very clear that they want to stick to the ethos of curriculum for Wales they want to fulfill the expectations of successful futures uh, successful futures that they, they, they want to make sure that they that schools and teachers and learners take the opportunity this very exciting opportunity to break free of the shackles of prescription and to um, have this exciting new world-class education system and yet there's quite a lot of prescriptive expectations in that subordinate legislation that actually go directly against all of that exciting yeah. free um, subsidiarity process and it's it, it, you feel like you're going around in circles don't you you do and I, and I think from from lots of the conversations that we've had around curriculum for us I know it's been out on Twitter for a long time this whole issue of equity mm. around you know will curriculum for Wales ensure that we've got equity of provision and equity yes. of experiences yeah. and outcomes for pupils across Wales I think possibly this this subordinate leg- legislation is stemming from that yeah rumbling of yeah how can we make sure or how can we ensure that equity of provision is really good good across, across Wales. Wales and sorted across Wales absolutely because we had obviously the OECD review of curriculum for excellence and that's one of the things mm. that they picked up on is that because curriculum for excellence has been implemented differently in different schools and that it's down to the individual perceptions and experience Mm -hmm. of teachers in those different schools and they've got all of this variation of curriculum provision across lots of different schools that variation ends up with a variation in the equity of provision which means that the most disadvantaged are at risk of being further disadvantaged because they don't have access to education provision that is as good as or as broad as um the the school down the road which is much more um affluent so um reading between the lines and i'm going to stake my reputation on this as well it is it is is reading between the the lines but you know when you start seeing references to making sure that every learner has the opportunity to progress their own Mm. skills and that this is absolutely underpinning progression equality for all learners equity for all learners is at the bottom of all of the strategies and tools and actions which is quite right because we do we do actually want equity absolutely how do do we get there well so what it seems to be happening is that they've said right variation of schools curricula could lead to this inequitable provision so in order to limit variation we'll expect schools to align their understanding of progression with a national expectation of progression now we've asked welsh government a couple of questions which i actually don't have in front of me at the moment have you got them in front of you? I haven't. No. Okay. I will find them as we talk. Well, they're on the they're on the the, the documents that we talked about, and I think that I can summarise them here now. So the the two things that we we asked Welsh government was about the national expectations 
I've got them here in front of me now. This is this I'm is just good. very handily finding our okay. questions. Okay, so the two questions were, if schools are being expected to have a shared understanding of progression, including the pace at which learners progress, how will schools know whether they've got this right or not? What standard will be used to ascertain whether their assumptions about pace of progress are correct or need to be further refined? Because I don't think schools and teachers are currently in a position to really comment on how effective this subordinate legislation is until they have the full picture mm -hmm. so you know and there's nothing wrong with a national expectation of a, a progression but yes we, we had this this conversation again this week when you go and look at the progression code yes. consultation document there's a sentence in there which had bypassed me the first time i read it and when mm -hmm. i reread it again it says i'm going to quote and if you if you've got the documentation with you it's in the section that says progression, I think it's about four or five pages in. They don't have pages. They numbers. don't have pages, which is really inconvenient. The principles of progression below, and then there's three bullet points, yeah. articulate the national expectation for learners' progress throughout the continuum of learning. So it actually says in the progression yeah. code that, that, that it articulates the national expectation. But these three bullet points are all narrative descriptors. And they are a theoretical model. Let's just have one of them just to explain uh, well, The first one is explain what it means for learners to make progress, the nature of that progression and the principles underpinning it. OK, so we had a long discussion yesterday about can you have a shared understanding of a theoretical model as it looks in practice? Mm. OK, so so we... It's quite deep. Yes, it's it's oh, gosh, so, so hard. So if you know that, for example, all cars should be blue, that is your theoretical model, that cars should be blue. Then you take that theoretical model and you say, right, well, Jane, in, in, in your car showroom, you understand the theoretical model that all cars should be yeah. blue. I also understand the theoretical model that all cars should be blue, but my cars are aquamarine blue. Yeah, mine are turquoise. Well, they go. Or yeah, whatever they happen to be. Yeah. And the, the, the car showroom down the, the street yeah. is, um, you know, slate grey blue. Yeah. So we've all got a shared understanding of the theoretical model that all cars should be blue but what that looks like in practice are three very different shades of blue so we would argue that to have a fully clear shared understanding of a theoretical model there needs to be a practical example or there needs to be a, a, a tangible example of what that looks like in practice based on a framework so we yeah this is where we kept going around <laughs> i know i know i know okay so let, let's go back to the kind of context of this so we think that this whole assessment legislation is designed to reduce variation across schools and to get that kind of national standard that the curriculum framework in and of itself doesn't actually provide because like they we we said before what jane said before that they are narrative descriptors and it is, you know, research um, suggests that it, it is notoriously difficult to have a precise and accurate and shared understanding of a narrative descriptor, um, which is why we're in a situation where moderation of national curriculum standards hasn't been terribly yeah. effective. Not because teachers haven't tried to do it or we don't have a system that that helps teachers to do it. In fact, that actually that's not how our brains work. And it's, you know, it, it's not a, um, an easy uh, yeah. thing to do for anybody to, to use that kind of absolute, this person is tall, that person is short. It's very, very, very difficult. Okay, so 
The other thing that we feel that this document is um, attempting to address is that Welsh Government have been very clear that they don't want to see tick boxing going on. Now, this idea of there are multiple um, tracking platforms out there, planning platforms out there that just lists that have got the whole of Cricket for Wales yeah. within it and some yeah. maybe even sub steps yeah. as well and then there's the expectation that everything needs to be covered and ticked off yeah yeah which is not where we need to be is it no so you know the the, the two things that welsh government are trying to fix are the intentions are absolutely what we would want our government to do we would want our government to make sure that there is a national standard for our curriculum so that we can say is this working or is this not working what do we expect for pupils and also that there isn't a lip service tick box approach going on to achievement well, well it actually does specify doesn't it in in this legis in this new legislation this new consultation that a quote from this this is 4.33 schools should not try to break down descriptions of learning into a set fixed assessment criteria that are used as a tick list as this does not help understand whether learners are making meaningful progress which is absolutely we totally agree yeah. with that but what what you can't do is you can't set out the expectation that fits in with the ethos of successful futures and then also in the same document set out an expectation that actually directly contradicts that mm. so that's that's where we currently are so what we're going to do is we're going to take four of the new expectations from this legislative um, consultation and we're going to go through them in a four point. We're going to be super, super organised and analytical, as we both mm -hmm. like to be. And we're going to use a four point model. And the four point model is we're going to take a direct quote or a fact that is stated in the uh, legislation consultation. We're then going to use evidence directly from the documents to give a little bit more meat on the bones as to what that actually means in terms of what has been said in the document. We're then going to, and this is a, a change from what we normally do, we're then going to look at the consequences. So we're going to pre-mortem it and we're going to explore based on the evidence from the document, our discussions with senior leaders and head teachers, our own experience of working with schools to improve teaching and learning and assessment and curriculum for Wales and look at the what what could happen as a result of these things what is the most likely outcome of this um, evidence and then finally we're going to suggest a alternative solution because we don't want to just sit here and say well this is yeah. not good enough we want to actually look at what we should be doing um, in order to really make our education system world class okay so let's get started our first of our uh, legislative points are the head teacher and um, their duties in terms of assessment arrangements. So the the quote from the document is the duty on head there's duty on head teacher and governing body to make implement and review assessment arrangements for schools local curriculum. And looking through the rest of the document, there seems to be quite a lot of pressure on um, duties specifically for the head teacher and the governing body. And one of the things that um, assessment is described as, and I am quoting here, as indistinguishable from teaching and learning. Now, that's that's used a, a couple of yeah. times in the documentation. So if we've got the uh, assessment is seen as indistinguishable from teaching and learning, we're talking about 
uh, assessment actually being partly curriculum and, and partly and pedagogy, pedagogy as, well. as well. So in fact, this legislation should probably read duty on head teacher and governing body to make implement review curriculum pedagogy and assessment arrangements so this is legislating for what happens in the classroom and, and i don't think we can i think we've all accepted you, you can't separate assessment no. from no curriculum because that's where it's all pedagogy from, all pedagogy um but i think it's unpicking it and looking at it looking at it like that yeah as, as make, makes a huge huge difference absolutely so it's completely laudable that um, Welsh Government are defining assessment as what it is, as intrinsically and indistinguishable, uh, intrinsically linked and indistinguishable from teaching and learning, but that creates a problem when you do that, when you define it in that way, because the purpose of legislation, or a couple of the purposes of legislation, are to regulate or restrict. So what you in effect doing is you're regulating what happens in the classroom or that's the you know the long the long view on this that if you start to legislate um, summative assessment but then formative assessment you're legislating for the types of questions teachers ask of their learners what tasks they get them to do and so on and that's really linking into the underlying purpose that we mentioned right at the beginning of the podcast it's about mitigating the variation between schools and, and I know that that was, is a quote yeah yeah and that was from um OECD Scotland report which I know we did a podcast on as yeah. well yeah um so there doesn't seem to be any point in having legislation if you're not going to enforce it if you're not going to use it in some way to fulfill its purpose which is to regulate or to restrict so, so hence we get into accountability now aren't we absolutely so if you're legislating for what happens in the classroom then there is a point to doing that because you're going to at some point say mm -hmm. has that legislation actually been carried out in practice if not why not what can we do about it and at what level are we going to be yeah going in and checking whether that legislation is well let's take this right to the 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 nth degree so let's pre-mortem this and just have a look at it so will accountability or will monitoring will that challenge and, and potentially support that is provided by outside agencies for schools, will that involve um, carrying out lesson obs observations specifically to look for the, the range of assessment arrangements that are being used? Will Estin be checking the rest of the range of assessment arrangements that are created, including a formative, uh, formative assessment? So I think that the practical solution to this mm. is that we need to be clear how this legislation will appear in in the accountability measures when they come out yeah because i think we're still waiting to, to see and and it's also the conversation around the principle of subsidiarity and just let's make it clear how that principle is going to be upheld absolutely because this is, with subsidiarity uh, teachers now have the freedom to decide what is taught how it is taught and how it is assessed because they are the person at the front of the classroom who, or in the middle of the classroom, wherever, they're the person who has best place to make those decisions. But if then those decisions are appearing mm -hmm. legislation, what it appears to us is the principle of subsidiarity yeah. is actually being undermined here. Because we're not talking with assessment about um, summative assessment. We're talking about assessment in a, a much thing. wider... Yeah. Um, and if we're focusing in on assessment for the purposes of learner progression mm -hmm. then that is far more focused 
on formative, formative mm-hmm. assessment than just yeah. summative assessment and okay. using summative assessments formatively absolutely so we would say that there there's still quite a lot that needs to be made clear um how this is going to link with accountability how this legislation is going to be used and how the principle of subsidiarity is going to be upheld before mm-hmm. teachers can really have a clear understanding of whether this is going to work or not yeah okay so let's move on to our second um expectation from the legislation the we're calling this the sup leader we don't like an acronym <laughs> because this it's is too much this is the shared it. understanding of progression so <laughs> sup known as shared understanding of progression so the expectation in the legislation is the head teacher has a duty to appoint a member of staff to be the shared understanding of progression leader or now, sup leader what this means in uh in the evidence that we've got in the uh, documentation, what this is detailed as that the SUP leader must organise and lead termly professional dialogue. Now, the content of which, and this is reading between the lines, will be supported by professional learning. We're assuming, uh, we don't know this, but we are assuming that that, that will probably be centrally mandated, certainly in, in ethos and maybe yeah. uh, you know an overview of the content but it probably will be delivered regionally so the sense, so the you know what we've seen previously happening you know we've had a, a a professional curriculum lead within the school we've had a professional learning lead within the school now we're potentially going to have a shared understanding of progression lead or is it the same the person or is it the same person who who is called to um, professional learning that happens at a regional level that is common across all four regions that they then take back to their school and they use as the base yeah. for which they then carry on their work and in school. potentially HEIs involved in that yeah as well yeah um, but there there is no mention anywhere that we can find of any additional resource for this or any additional information about um, where the money or time or resource will come from to to help this happen. Quite interesting though I've seen lots of, or we've had lots of conversations with with people in schools that have had time freed up from yes. being within the classroom because of the role of the the newly qualified teachers yes additional newly qualified teachers they've got as part of this given them a terms experience yeah or terms work should yeah. experience yeah um, so I know there's time being freed up but what's gonna that's only a term Yes. So, I mean, this is an excellent thing to do Mm. to actually make sure that there's a structure and a system and a person in place to develop um, the professional understanding and the practice of the people involved in doing the uh, in Mm. carrying out assessment. But without any additional resource, they'll have to stop doing something in order to do this. So what is it they're going to stop in order to do this? But it's there's also within the school, but the the indication within this is that it's not just within your school it's within your cluster and we are going to get onto that in a little minute because that's the the next one um looking at shared understanding Mm. across schools but yes certainly there's a lot of work for this person that is going to be in addition Mm. to whatever it is they're carrying out at the moment so the where it links then into the next into across schools the statement says school should have a shared understanding of what progression looks like and the pace of that progression which we just talked about this shared understanding should also align with the national expectations for learners' progress. It should. Can we can we just go back we to the back. one before? Because I, we missed out the the um, oh, solution. The solution. I thought we saw and it I th- yeah, and I think that that will lead 
into the solution for the next one as well is that having a shared understanding of progression within a school is a, is something that we all need to have but if Welsh Government is serious about mm. that then they need to fund it and resource it mm -hmm. so as a as a development of that as, as you said the does that go off piece now you see Finn no we have, I've, I've taken Sorry. you so shared understanding across schools. So it's not just within a school, it's across a school. So we've got our SUP leader within the school who um, has, has been going out to um, consortia training and has been taking that back into the school and sharing it in the school. And we're getting a really good understanding of what progression looks like in our AOLEs across our school um, for all staff. But also we've got them working with their cluster yeah, can I can I just go? I'm going to go back now. Yes. We've, we've skimmed over one word that oh, okay. uh, that rang a very large bell alarm bell for me okay. when I read it was this word pace. Ah, right, yes, pace yes, yes. of the progression. Okay. That's something else that as a school mm. you've got to have that shared understanding. At at what pace should your learners yeah be progressing? And yeah. that's a a very important point because we were also reading uh, in the Estin guidance for inspector inspectors for. September 2022, which is now obviously January 2022, inspecting curriculum for Wales, they were talking about whether a school was providing experiences and learning for the children that was appropriate for their age. Now, that also suggests that there is somewhere a um, framework that sets out what that expectation of pace is, that mm. at age eight, they should be doing this, or we would expect them to move through these um, bits of um, learning at this speed. Yeah. But, you know, if we're in a situation where that pace of progression, somebody knows what it is, then why are they not telling mm. schools? It's it's a really confused picture for Bosch government. I know it's one that I've struggled just to I, I like structure. I like clarity in it. Mm. And I can't quite get it. From here as well so it's it's really it goes back to that how can you have a shared understanding of what a theoretical model looks like in practice if that practice is going to be very different yeah in in the schools not just in your cluster but yeah but you know Pam Wales as because well. we've both got the ethos of curriculum for Wales talking mm -hmm. about um working from where the learner their starting point and making mm -hmm. sure that their starting point is recognized and and supported and they're learning at the progress at the pace of progress that suits that learner's needs. But also we've got this expectation that that will fit into a national, a national pace of progress. And, you know, you, you really in, in reality, you can't actually have both at the same time. It's, it's you know, yeah. it's just impossible. But if you look at those, we're going to call them SUP meetings. Yes, SUP meetings the, at, at, in, cluster, at a cluster. You know, are we moving towards a new model of moderation or moderation 2.0 yeah we don't we don't know and you know potentially things that you might be looking at in that meeting could be um looking at a range of providing a range of evidence for different descriptions of learning different yeah. multiple descriptions of learning looking at how and discussing that evidence and how much progress has been made yeah of course it's all very subjective isn't it um teachers trying to agree whether pieces of work or learning were tasks were good enough were they fit for did they support, support the program that you wanted to have the you know the learning intentions um 
and also teachers agreeing on how much progress has been made. Mm. And it's also very difficult looking at it from a written piece of work. Mm. What about all mm. the other mm. types of assessments that are going on? Are we going mm. back to written evidence as being that? Now, all of these things, all of these things are really good discussions to have. And all of these things help teachers to understand um, the nitty gritty of what's going on with the progress of the learners in their class, what more they need to do, what next steps mm -hmm. are. But that what, what we have a problem with is teachers trying to agree on whether enough progress has been made against yeah. a national standard, because that seems to negate the pupils in their school, their starting point and what's right for those pupils. If yeah. they're having to fit into a model that is effectively an average. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, you cannot say that what most learners do is suitable for these learners. It, it, those two models do not fit together. And I think we potentially are in a situation where you've got experts or uh, members of staff from support bodies actually helping, I'm talking about quotation marks here, helping teachers to come to a what is pretty much a highly subjective decision. And I know that from personal experience, and I know you've experienced it as well, how challenging moderation 1.0 has been for teachers and schools that you know in good teachers and schools it's it's it can be a really effective professional discussion but the bottom line is you're having to agree a like an average between you or a you know come to an agreement about something and when there isn't this when there isn't a anything more than a narrative a, a quite a subjective narrative yeah. it tends to end up being the person with the loudest voice makes that decision or you submit to someone else's yeah. view in order or to the person with the most experience yeah yeah and it, it doesn't it doesn't always make a, a big difference to um, your understanding of what what should be next yeah. for that learner but it's also that that one step removed from the classroom yeah yeah and why know, are you doing yeah. this yeah. yeah, you know what, what's the purpose right. of doing right. this? If you're doing this to um, aid staff's understanding of what progress means for their learners in their classroom and how they, as a member of staff, can can make a difference to their learners, mm. then there's no need for a national standard. No. There's all, just need for discussion. But also, there's there's quite a big shift within Wales, and particularly here in South Wales, for comparative judgment. Yeah, which so is where, an excellent way of doing. Where, this. Yeah, where does that fit, does that fit into? this yeah. whole process and I think this is it this is the bottom line is that we've picked up all of these questions they're saying okay so you want the education world to comment on whether this legislation is going to work or not but without the 60 70 yeah. percent of the information about how it's going to work it's it's almost impossible to say yes it is or the no it isn't. is in the detail it yeah. is so our solutions for this is you know, the first thing is to, accept, yeah, <laughs> is to accept that the curriculum for Wales model doesn't allow for standards to be shared across schools. But that seems to be like the, the key principle yeah. of curriculum for Wales. You have granted freedom to schools to create their own local curriculum. You therefore cannot compare one local curriculum with another. Freedom means freedom. It's like with like, isn't it? Absolutely. So... If, if the current model of curriculum for Wales does not allow comparison, then you have to do something with that model in order to allow 
comparison. And the only way of doing that is to actually start a discussion about some com commonality of curriculum content and experience for schools and look at this kind of maybe 20, 30% of non-negotiable content that can be directly compared. Yeah. I mean, there's been no discussion within any any sort of documentation about non-negotiables. No. But it's something that but we know that, that we, we talked about good teaching and learning is, mm. is that you provide a model or a scaffold yeah. for people to work from. Yeah. And then once they've got it, you can start to take that away. Absolutely. You know, so so professional learning is still learning. If we want our teachers to do something that has that that um, uh, commonality um, of experience for pupils that is can be directly compared that we can have a worked example of what a really really good mm -hmm. curriculum looks like provide a worked example for teachers yeah. to, to to work, to work from. from and accept accept that as it currently stands with the principle of subsidiarity in full that the only way to make the principle of subsidiarity work in full and actually fulfill the, the complete ethos of successful futures is to entirely uncouple assessment yeah. from accountability. And I'm not sure that that's possible, but, you know, that's that's the only way to make it. You can't have your cake. You can't have your cake and, and eat it. it. Absolutely. OK, so that was number three. Number four. Well, th this one was a bit of a surprise. It was. Um, I thought, oh, okay. And this this is the one of the ones from the reporting section um, that we picked up on. And it, I'm going to read it, read it out. School reporting must include information about once per term in any format. So a written report per year and, then, year. and then other yeah. ways of doing it. And the first bullet point was the brief summary of the overall mental health and emotional well-being of the child. Okay. So what teachers, what the legislation is requiring of schools going forward from September 2022 is that all of the reporting that happens between the school and the parent, well, whatever format that is, whether it's um, a conversation at a parent's evening, whether it's a progress check form data, or whether it's a written narrative report, should have a brief summary of overall mental health. Now, we thought that asking teachers who are not mental health professionals, who are not educational psychologists, mm -hmm. to make a comment on that just was opening a yeah. huge can of what, worms. What do Welsh Government actually define as mental the health. mental health that mm. teachers should be commenting on? That's quite a broad term. And it's a, a specialised professional yeah term it's not something I, I taught in the classroom for 25 years I wouldn't no. say at any point you know in those 25 years that I could comment on the 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 mental health or I wouldn't want to comment on the mental health of somebody I might raise concerns about their emotional their emotional well-being well and I'd yeah. raise that with the pastoral team but yeah. I wouldn't feel that I would be no comfortable to do that so you know the, in the health and well-being area of learning experience we've got descriptions of learning that relate to mental health and the well-being emotional well-being is is this it's, is this what no, they're talking yeah. about but there's there's no framework or scale no. actually available in the documentation to unpick that needs more, and underpin yeah. this termly judgment so you know our assumption is that class teachers in primary supported where appropriate by the alnco and maybe form tutors at secondary 
supported by pastoral staff will actually be the ones who are going to be making these judgments and that yeah. I mean yeah I know I certainly wouldn't want to to be making that and I think this is where if this is going to appear in legislation we need to be absolutely clear of the terminology appears in legislation because I suspect what will happen in this situation if this goes ahead is that in practice this might look very very different to what Welsh government might want from this. Yeah. But it, you know, it could lead to some highly subjective, ill-informed judgments being made. Yeah. And and shared. And I know we never want to be put no. put in the profession in a position with that. And I think this one really does need unpicking, clarifying a little bit more. I mean, we we've just read it from that one statement and made these assumptions. Yes. But you know, yes. it's it needs a conversation. Absolutely. So this is this is. The whole process that you would go through if you were looking at this consultation document and saying okay so you're going to create subordinate legislation as a result of our comments our comment is is it really appropriate should the uh, should this this statement be reduced to an expectation to focus on the emotional well-being of the child which maybe is far more appropriate yeah. for school staff yeah. and leave the mental health um, statements to the professionals the experts. the experts who are involved with any children that are struggling yeah so, so but there were many many others that we could have chosen well there were 17 um, others you know but it might be when you've gone through the documentation if there are ones that you feel you want us to unpick and, mm. to, and to discuss last let us know we can certainly yeah. do another another podcast special a yeah. little bit later on on some of the others that we haven't absolutely on, but, but don't don't forget you we've got the pdf paper that's uh, linked to this podcast in the description um, the consultation on the uh, assessment arrangement subordinate legislation runs until the 31st of October. We are certainly going to put in a, our response yeah. to the consultation. Please do consider it yourself, because even if you only want to comment on certain elements of it, you know, if you don't have your say now, then but please it's gone. Get, but please get in touch if there's anything else absolutely that you want to discuss. Absolutely. And we will um, we will be. Uh, out again talking to you uh, with Tracy Jones uh, on Wednesday um, all about reading. Take care. Bye. <laughs>